And welcome back. Episode number three of Three Old Geezers. This is Steve and Jim, Ed. I think we got our audio fixed. Hooray, hooray. Well, but, we wouldn't be geezers if we had, didn't have audio troubles. That, that's exactly right. What, what do geezers know about technology? You know, we had to, we had to call a 27-year-old to figure this out. Yeah. Well, here's how, here's how I solve my technology issues at home. Uh-huh. Linda, get in here. I can't log on. That's how I solve my problems. That's pretty impressive that she's the one able to fix it. Well, yeah, you know, just call somebody smarter than me. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. All I ever hear is, why don't you just Google it? Oh, I cannot. Hey, I cannot stand technology. That's one of the reasons I retired. Okay. Because I was having to learn new stuff about every six months. All right. Try to teach geezers new stuff. No, no. Well, we, we have successfully completed two podcasts. Yeah, we ought to pop a bottle of champagne for that. And 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 what is it? 100, 100 unfortunate souls have listened to us meander through this. Is that right? Absolutely. All right, we're going to keep building it. We do have a little wisdom. I'm going to say that. There, yes, there's uh, a lot of wisdom. With age, with age comes wisdom. Some of us do. Yeah, some, some of us, us do. do. Mm-hmm. Jim mm-hmm. may be less than others, but no response, Jim. Well, I mean, I'm holding the line for what's right. Oh, my word. Here we go. Speaking of what's right, since we last chatted, the Thunder seemed to be right. Yeah, they good week. So, you know, was it Monday night, the Spurs, or was that Tuesday? It's Tuesday night. Tuesday night game against the Spurs. The uh, whole anticipation of Chet and Wimbayana, that didn't really play out. It was the SGA and Giddy show. Absolutely. Uh, Giddy played his best game of the year. SGA does what he does almost every night. And uh, I don't know, had a ton of steals that night. They were very active defensively. And I think the assist ratio was huge. I think they moved the ball everywhere. Well, and I was going to get to that with the next game. Yeah. Last night played Golden State. And as Jim and I talked, you know, he claims I was not impressed with the win because they're playing a crippled team, which that's not what I said. But – Golden State, the Thunder are catching them at a good time. They're on a losing streak. They don't have Curry. They don't have Green. Now, the game itself, I mean, they shot almost 60% from the field. They made 17 threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah Joe, seven of seven from the three-point line. They still can't rebound. I think uh, the Golden State had 27 second-chance points. That's all they had going for them, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the most – Impressive stat to me in that game, 31 assists. That tells you they're sharing the ball, they're moving without the ball, they're cutting, they're passing, sign of an unselfish team. I'd agree. It was impressive. Jim, did you were you able to stay up for it? I was not. But let me <laughs> oh, tell here you, we the go. had here to go to go. sleep. Let me tell you, I celebrated when I found out they won. I celebrated like it was a playoff win. And, and that's the way I think Thunder fans should celebrate. And I have a Thunder fan sitting next to me that said, eh, man, they won. They were going against a crippled team. They should have won. Well, the point is we did win and we should celebrate. Well, enjoy a victory over Golden State because we haven't had a lot of those, yes. But still, I mean, they should beat that team. And, and it would have been a bad loss if they had one hundred percent, and and here's the challenge: we see them again tomorrow night. Yep. I don't know if we'll be out with this episode at that time or not. We see them again. 
I think we play them three times this year. So we're done? I think this is the last one. Wow. You, you have to beat teams like Golden State when they're down because of the tiebreaker. You, you can't mess around and go lose these games because Golden State will put it together. Kerr's too good of a coach. Curry and Thompson are too good of players. They will put it together. Well, the impressive thing, too, about last night's game, you know, Thunder jumped off to a big lead, and then they gave it up in the last five minutes of the second quarter. Golden State got within a point, and you're playing on the road, and you're worried, okay, you know, Thunder's blown this, but they – it went the other way. Thunder now, took Jim, control of the game. Jim can't comment because he yeah, was asleep. Yeah, because Jim didn't see that. Jim was asleep, so he didn't have context That's for this. The, 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 the big, loyal, true fan – was snoozing away. Well, that's why he's okay if they enter, if they exit after the first round of the playoffs. He didn't have the stamina <laughs> yeah. for a deep playoff run. That's exactly hey, can I read you guys a stat oh, of the here day? Here we go. Okay, what? Stat of the day, I, uh, out of uh, uh, the sellout crowd story this morning, the Thunder is 8-4, and four, its best 12-game start since the 2012-2013 season. When it went nine and three, it ranks eighth month NBA in offensive rating, seventh in defensive rating, outscoring its opponents by five point eight points per one hundred possessions, the fifth best mark in the NBA. So we're definitely in the you know top. We should be in top ten of all the teams. You know what's good about this start as well. You got the vote on the arena mm-hmm. coming up. Yes. I don't know what y'all think, but if the Thunder had got off to a bad start, four and eight, could it affect the arena vote? I think. Yeah. I think the fact that they're eight and four, people are excited about the team. It's likely to get more people to go to the polls and vote for the proposal. Now, if they had got off to a bad start, I don't think it would have increased no votes, but I think it would have kept. Yes, votes away. It would have capped enthusiasm. Yes. Right? And I will tell you, I was in the arena Tuesday night against the Spurs. Mm -hmm. It was a legitimate basketball atmosphere. It was loud. It was an engaged fan uh, fan base. It was a fantastic night. What was the attendance? Was it uh, full, 100%? I I believe, you know, know, ESPN has these metrics. I think they scored it as 100% attendance. Having been in the arena, there were a few empty seats, but not – Tuesday nights, Wednesday night ball games can be tough. It was a great engaged crowd. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, and I talked about this in the first podcast as far as how I felt about the arena. I said both sides are right on the deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Thunder could lose this team if they don't build a new arena. And it's not a great deal for taxpayers. But I was going to vote yes anyway because, you know, the Thunder are more than just about economic impact. It's about having a community to rally something around and get excited about. Uh, so I'm voting yes, even though I know it's not a good deal for taxpayers. Absolutely. And it keeps – we started some great momentum in the mid-1990s here. Thunder have, have been a, a great part of it, no matter what people say that they don't really impact the economic – development of the city i think that's wrong i think they've had a, a a big role in all the development in the downtown area yeah i i i'll be i said this the first cast I, i'm an easy yes on this 
if you ask me, are we spending enough? Are we investing enough in social services for people? The answer is no. I, I think we have to figure out a way to do that. But this team and what it means economically and what it means in just the collective vibrancy of our community, I, I, I think it is an overwhelming net, net positive. Yeah, well, and I don't really trust economic figures wherever they come from. Right. I believe in that old uh, adage, uh, figures don't lie, but liars do figure. Mm -hmm. So both sides can probably put numbers to something and, and, you know, achieve the point or their desired effect. So, yeah. Well, I, I want to go back to the games real quick because Jim, you read some stats and, and I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about this ball club and, and I want to test if, if what I am feeling is the same that you two see. The last few years, as we've had to do our roster management, all of the economics of, of NBA, you put the second union, unit in and you hope the second unit could just not screw things up. That they don't fall further behind, they don't lose a lead. And I sat there last night and I watched that dadgum second unit. That was the unit that pushed Golden State back. It was the unit that stayed together. And with Wallace and, and now Mitchick and getting Kenny Hustle back. I mean, I, I I am sold on the contributions he makes to that team. Yeah, I believe it was 47 points from the bench against Golden State. Yeah. That's incredible. You're going to win a lot of ball games. Oh, yeah, you are if you got a bench like that. And, you know, Jim texted us this story earlier this week about this mock trade. Oh, good gosh. Where it was – Here's a great trade for the Thunder that this guy's writing. Uh, get Zach Levine from Chicago and, and give up Josh Giddy and I don't remember who the two other guys were. I think it may have been Wallace. It might have been. And, but I'm like, why would Presty make any trade right now with the way the team is playing? You want to see how far this group could go mm -hmm. and how good they can be before you even think about a trade. And why do these writers, of course it's, you know, he's writing because he's got to have something to write Click about. Clickbait, baby. Clickbait, you know. But there seems to be this perception, well, you've got to have these stars on your team to win. Well, Thunder has a star in SGA. Uh, you know, how many stars do you need? Has, the Clippers, I believe, have not won a game since they traded for James Harden. Correct? Oh, five, oh, and Owen oh, five, and I believe in Russ announced today that he has volunteered to come off the bench in order to help them find things right. Yeah, well, compared to the Thunder, which has uh, had 31 assists, the Clippers, you got four great players, guys getting a little old, but these guys are all great one-on-one -on -one players. And in crunch time, you can watch it. When they get the ball – they feel like they got to go one-on-one, -one, post up somebody, step back threes. They're not moving and sharing the basketball like this Thunder team is. What do you think uh, of Presty? You said Presty would be – he wouldn't trade someone right now. But, you know, if it seems like Presty, if somebody lured or dangled some uh, number one draft picks in 2030 in front of him, boom. Uh, he's got, I, I got – There goes a giddy. Boom. Yeah. There goes J-Dub. I, I, think, I think he wants he wants to see how this group is going to play. I mean, how good they can be before he's thinking about any trade, right? Yeah, and I think – 
I think that last transaction we had kind of represents what we're going to start doing with these number one picks, which is start moving them to the future so that his he's always got something in the cupboard. He's going to try to trade back now and take a 27 first rounder and trade it to a 31 first rounder because that's the economics of small market NBA. And one thing that we should know by now, especially as we've come through this rebuild, Presti loves controllable contracts. He loves that first and second contract when the team can stipulate the demands as opposed to what the player might do to his or her offing. He does not want another Kevin Durant moment. Let me ask you this. Oh, my word. You, you uh, Ed has said it many times, We're not, and you've said it. We're not, we're not a team, we're not a city that free agents are going to come to. But yet I just saw, you know, it's kind of been a problem in – Arlington, Texas. Yet now they've signed some free agents and they won the World Series. And I read a story the other day that says they're they're now a destination. They're a destination. So if we do well and we do win a or get close to a title, would we be a destination for uh, free agents? Would they look at that? Well, if you're looking like, guys, if Oklahoma City gets to the point where they – or a legitimate contender for a title, then you could see free agents wanting to come here, wanting to get a ring, like happened in that run. We, what, what is the best free agent signing Oklahoma City ever had? Derek Fisher? Maybe. Derek Fisher would be it. Yeah. And, you know, and they picked him up because he's wanting a ring. I mean, Paul George did re-up. Oh, okay, okay. He, he re-upped. He, he, he came in as part of that transaction and he re-upped. Remember the, the big party at Russ's place and how the how what was then known as Twitter went crazy as everybody was talking about what was going down? But, I mean, I think it's more likely you're going to get a free agent, some veteran mm-hmm. who's toward the end of his career that would, you know, sign with the Thunder on the belief that they could win a title. So I'm, we might get Chris Paul back. Well, if they want him back, who knows? I don't. I don't. But again, I wouldn't be messing with this team now. I mean, they're so young. I mean, don't break this team. Oh, up. absolutely not. Yeah. I'm just. I'm just going on what Presti's track record is. That's trading anybody for a, for a draft pick. Anybody. Anybody. <laughs> Looks like that to me. <laughs> You remember the movie? He's, I have hey, PTSD. He has, when he, he is when so he bitter his, after these last he three blew years. This team up. I I've got PTSD now, and and I I you know shake whenever I I think of the potential that what he might do. When did he blow the team up? He blew when he traded Harden. Boom! Everything went. Well, went, Kevin went, went, Durant walked out on went. him. I'm not talking about then. You talking, talking about the Harden trade? I'm talking about the whole. No, uh, he's went. he's still mad at Paul George because Paul George decided he Paul wanted to George, go to L.A. Russ, uh, hey, everybody. Paul, he blew the team. He, he sent Jeremy Grant to Denver. We should, uh, you know, we should get down on our knees and thank Paul Stephen George. Adams. Since Stephen Adams. Yeah, Paul George and Dame Lillard. Can you imagine? Uh, Dame Lillard sent us home. Yeah. And that may have changed the dynamic. And it may, in the long run, be the best thing that ever happened to him. Yeah, yeah. Hey, a little bit of Big 12 controversy this week. 
Oh, yes, the tiebreaker? The tiebreaker. Okay, listen, here's the thing. If you're an OU fan, you have no business even griping about a tiebreaker because all you had to do was beat Kansas or OSU. You didn't have to beat them both. Just beat one of them. You didn't, and you played very poorly. So whatever the tiebreaker is, you really have no gripe about it. But I I will say this, though. Uh, The Big 12, you know, they say they came out and they – what clarified the rule? Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't clarify it. They changed the rule. They are changing the tiebreaker rule after the games have begun. And I read their it, statement. It, it, it said there's nothing that's been changed. That's bull. Did you read that? Yeah, I read that, and, and it's a lie. The Big Twelve is incompetent, and this, you know, this continues. It continues to perpetuate the perception that. The Big 12 is out to get OU because of the move to the SEC. And whether that's not true or whether that's true or not, the Big 12 is contributing to this with stuff like this and with your commissioner before the season at Texas Tech. At Texas Tech, and I understand he was playing to the crowd, but publicly rooting for Texas Tech to beat Texas. It's not a good look because all of that creates, you know, the conspiracies. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this was botched. This was botched. But is this not the behavior of conferences down the road? I mean, the Big 12 just signed a contract with, what is it, the WWE? Oh, yeah. To co-promote the Big 12 championship football game. We are moving into the area of theatrics. And whether or not you like this change, whether or not you, you like what it's happening, it's very contemporary. And... You may say the conference is incompetent, but somehow they've managed to keep this ragtag group of teams together, and they're going to be strong for a while. Could I point out for our listeners that we have we got one listeners? OU graduate on this side of the table named Ed Godfrey. We have an OSU graduate on the other side of the table named Steve Buck. So there are some slightly different perspectives here. No, we both agreed. It was a, it was yeah. a botched deal. Yeah, we agree with that. And, you know, and even though I'm an OU, OU graduate, I'm one of these guys who will root for OSU basically about every time they're playing somebody except the Sooners. Mm-hmm. So, uh, now, although, let me give props to Jim's alma mater, Ooh. Abilene Christian, for a big basketball win over OSU this season. Although nobody cares about basketball in November. And I wasn't aware of it till I read it in the paper. <laughs> Really? Sorry, sorry, I I missed it. You know, we have an we have an early bedtime because of my advanced age. I'm a geezer. Oh, were, was were the highlights in the paper when you got up and read the paper the next morning? They weren't the next morning. No, they no. they didn't make the next <laughs> no, morning. No, they didn't okay. make the next morning's paper. All right. Well, I you know from the OSU perspective, I wouldn't get too excited about a loss in November, especially opening. No. Game, but then they they also lost to St. Bonaventure. So, and there's a lot of grumblings now about Mike Boynton already. You know, I I think the world of Coach Boynton. Mm-hmm. I I think he represents the university extraordinarily well, and I hope he finds a way to rebound. Abilene Christian, you know, Michigan State lost their first game. They lost it on their home floor to a team that had no business beating them. So you're right. The first one you don't lose sleep over. The St. Bonaventure last night, Bryce Thompson doesn't play the entire second half, arguably their best player. Yeah. But it seems it seems that what frustrates me as an Oklahoma State fan is there are too many games where you can find excuses like that 
when candidly we should just be beating some teams. We should yeah. be beating them. Well, you know, it, conference play is when it really gets important. Yeah. But I'll say this about OSU. At least the OSU has a great arena to watch a basketball game in. OU needs a new one. They're working on it. I saw that they uh, it took the first step in the progression. They're going to do a TIF district to try to make that happen. So it'll be an off-campus site. It'll be in that same area up there by the uh, Embassy Suites in mm-hmm. Norman, if, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. It's no. going. It's a done deal. It's going to happen. No, it's the first step in the progression. Uh, okay. They've got several several hurdles to clear. Okay, kind of a wrap-up. Last week we talked a little bit about the greatest athlete we've seen in person. Um, this week I've kind of got an off-the-wall for us to, to comment on, which is – our respective spouses and their fanaticism as it relates to sports. Ah. Oh, that's good. Is that is that good? Oh, yeah, that's good. Now, well, Jim's wife, Paula, is a bigger Thunder fan than he is and undoubtedly more knowledgeable about the game than he is. I would I second would, that. I would, I'd say she'd be great on this podcast except – Calling her a geezer might cause some <laughs> some problems. Well, we need a special uh, podcast, Wives of the Geezers. But I, I will say my wife is uh, – uh, she's been a Thunder fan since uh, uh, before the Thunder were here when the Hornets came. Mm-hmm. She's uh, uh, She watches more games, you're right, than me. She attends more games. And uh, she, she really lives and, and dies with the Thunder. Now, my wife, Linda, love her to death – dear uh but yeah, sports you know, she loves going to thunder games and she loves going to ou football games but it's more of a social yeah. event for her yeah whether the team wins or loses she's not going to be upset you know i might you know just be so angry about the officiating or the play i'm breaking a remote mm-hmm. that's not linda at all but and watching games with her listen you watching I'm a big St. Louis Cardinal fan, and she's watched a lot of baseball games with me over the years. So this summer, we're watching a Cardinal baseball game, and out of the blue, she's like, hey, the the Cardinals on the uniforms, those two birds on the bat, are they male birds or are they female birds? I'm like, what? I mean, Cardinals have been playing for 150 years. Who would even think of something like that? Valid question. Could I ask Ed to tell one story? Well, of course you can. Murderers Row. Okay, okay. Murderers Here's Row. Here's go. I was going to. Yeah, this this is this is my favorite Linda story and her knowledge or lack of it about sports. So, my sister-in-law one year was selling Avon products. Okay. And they had these collectible tins, trading cards. And I'm a, I bought cards when I was early 70s, a lot of baseball cards, football, basketball. Thank you, Mom, for not throwing them away. Yep. And I still buy cards today, even though I'm a 63-year-old man about to turn 64. Oh, and by the way, I have invested heavily in some Chet Holmgren rookie cards. But anyway, so I order some cards through Avon from my sister-in-law. Several weeks go by. I forget about it. I come home one day. Linda says, oh, I talked to Mary. Your cards are in. She says, you got, uh, you got some basketball cards and some true crime cards. And I'm like, true crime? What do you mean? You're talking about serial killers? And she says, yeah, something like that. And I say, no, that, that, that's got to be a mistake. I wouldn't buy that, and I don't think Avon would sell that. So call Mary back. So she gets on the phone talking to Mary. She says, hey, what cards did you say Ed got? And she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, yeah, that's what I told him. Hangs up the phone. She says, well... There was some mistake because you got Michael Jordan and Murderer's Row. 
I laughed and laughed and laughed. That uh, that's, and, that and, story that'll endure. I yeah. mean, this story will endure. My, and, and in case there's any other listeners out there, Murder's Row was the lineup of the 27 Yankees, Babe Ruth, and Lou Gehrig, and others. But here's my other favorite story about Linda. Now, this yeah. is not a sports story. She's also someone who likes to sing along with the radio. Mm-hmm. But she often will get the lyrics wrong to songs. So I first discovered this not long after we were dating. We're driving down the road. Song comes on, and Linda starts belting out, Secret Asian man, secret <laughs> Asian man. And I'm like, what? I mean, he might be Asian. We don't know, but it's secret agent man. Yeah. And then the other day, yeah. oh, boy, she's going to kill me and she hears this podcast. The other day, she's singing Charlie Rich's uh, Keep on Rolling with the Flow. Uh-huh. There's a line in the song that goes, while, uh, while guys my age are raising kids, I'm still raising hell like I did. Well, Linda was singing, while I got my babe raising kids, I'm raising hell just like I did. And she argued with me about that one. She said, well, no, that makes sense. He's got his wife at home raising the kids while he's out raising hell. I'm saying, no, no, he's out raising hell because he doesn't have a wife and kids. And what kind of bum... (laughs) <laughs> actually would leave the wife and kids at home to go out and raise hell. So it changes the whole meaning of the song. Lisa and Linda should get together because for years, Lisa was convinced that George Michaels or Wham, I can't remember, I will be your father figure. She was convinced that I will be your butterfinger. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, isn't that good? good. So I will be your butterfinger. Yeah. So, so for Lisa sports fandom, and we'll use this as our sign off, um, because I think there's a story here. Um, my wife is an Aggie. Um, she went to A&M, graduated in 88. Um, loves Aggie football. And uh, during the R.C. Slocum years, you know, when they were winning eight, nine, ten ball games a year, she, she tells a story about every year when she would send in her donation that she would say, I should include a note that says, I'll add another zero if you get rid of R.C. Slocum. What would Texas A&M give? to have the consistency of an R.C. Slocum? What would Nebraska give to have the consistency of a Frank Solich? Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, how much are you giving for um, Jimbo Fisher's uh, going away party? You know, I think Lisa found um, other sports properties to invest in after the last few years. All right, gentlemen, we've had a good episode. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, This is episode three of 3L Geezers. We will catch you next week and thunder up. Yeah. So happy, Happy Thanksgiving. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving.